Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central Podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker, the editor in chief. Oh yeah, of Android Central. I <laughs>、uh, have my lovely guests with me. Guests, lovely friends. Oh my gosh, I changed that a long time ago, and I totally forgot. This is what happens when you when you haven't recorded a podcast in over a week. You've forgotten how to do everything.、Uh, I've got Nick Cetric with me. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. I have Jerry Hildenbrand. Hi. Hello, how are you doing? I'm tired, but I'm doing great. I feel like I say that every week. You do. Okay. That's why I ask because <laughs> I want to just hear you say it. <laughs> and I've got Michael Hicks. Hello, hello. Hello. I'm actually really glad that you're on the pod today, Michael, because our lineup of conversations is very much in line with what you like to write about, which is wearables. We have a lot. Of things that we're going to be talking about, wearable related, and so let's get right into it and talk about、um, Fitbit teasing its next device and its launch, and it launches, and how it's going to. I, wow, you see that—that's what I'm saying. I can't even talk anymore. Name of the article is titled "Fitbit Teases Its Next Device and It Launches Very Soon."、Uh, it's most likely the Fitbit Charge Six. Fitbit has a new device launching on September 28th, according to a teaser posted to X, which、uh, was formerly Twitter. The teaser briefly shows what appears to be the Charge Six with a sm- similar design to the Charge Five. The device is expected to bring back the side button for improved navigation. I'm gonna just. Throw it to you, Michael. I might be in. I might end up throwing things at you throughout this conversation. But what do you? What are your thoughts on this? As a guy who loves wearables, well, I think that the Charge Five was just a very interesting device because it was at a point when wearable makers were trying to turn fitness trackers into smartwatches. You know, they're trying to make the screens bigger and bigger. They're trying to add more and more stuff. And the Charge Five is unique because a tracker, which the main difference is just it's smaller than a smartwatch, is that it actually has built-in GPS. It has tap to pay. It has a lot of sensors that regular smartwatches don't have. And so the idea is, you get something that is light enough to be comfortable, but still. Is not a compromise in these areas. So if we're getting the Charge Six, that's exciting in theory because we just really like the Charge Five, and there really haven't been that many new fitness trackers to get excited about recently. We've seen that in sales trends. Companies are focused on smartwatches because there's, you know, higher profit margins, or people are getting less interested in trackers because. They're getting so much fancier that they can't keep them as cheap as they used to be, and so people aren't buying them as much. It the whole thing. The question Wait, is. Wait, remind yeah, me. Go on. Sorry. Before you, before the question you、uh, you're about to ask, remind me, and I'm sure. I mean, I think it's just me, but what's the difference between a tracker and、uh, a smartwatch? Yeah, a tracker is just it's a narrow band on your wrist. You're, it's usually either touch only or has one little button,、mm-hmm. and you're just swiping on it. It's supposed to be small and comfortable, which makes it better for sleep tracking. But you're not going to be able to do much with it. It probably doesn't have a mic or speaker.、Um, mm-hmm. It's just very basic, and it's meant to be something where it gathers information on your health and automatically tracks your workouts. But you're mostly looking on your app on your phone. To see that information、mm. after the fact, you don't really want to use it that much. 
And are trackers um, popular or, or are smartwatches more popular? Trackers used to be more popular. And then in the last year or two, sales have really dipped and people are buying mm-hmm. more smartwatches and they're buying more non-smart watches. Mm-hmm. They'd rather just wear a nice watch than deal with a tracker that looks cheap. Right. Yeah. Or just looks like this big square on your wrist, but doesn't do all that much. Right. Okay, going back to the question that you were going to ask. Yeah, it's just that Fitbit is in a weird space right now, and it's all because of Google. Mm-hmm. Um, after the acquisition was finalized in 2021, we saw what happened with the Sense 2 and the Versa 4, which Andrew reviewed and pointed out all the ways that it, it backslid in terms of features. It had, a, it had Wi-Fi functionality, but Fitbit disabled the Wi-Fi functionality never explained why. It got rid of third-party apps. It got rid of music storage and even music playback controls. And so they got rid of all these things and instead they added Google Maps and Google Wallet because of the Google connection. And you know the Charge 5, it had certain things that were then taken away from those watches. So we have to assume that it's going to improve in some ways. We don't know what, but it might also have some things taken away because Google is focused on the Pixel Watch being the smart thing in its lineup. And Fitbit, it really just wants it to focus on fitness, but hey, at least there's Google Apps on there, so that'll still get you excited, right? And in theory it will, but... You know, a lot of people buying Fitbits are, uh, you know, iPhone owners. And, I mean, iPhone owners like Google Apps. That's definitely true. But I'm just not sure where they're going with this. I'm not sure if people still want to pay for Fitbit Premium um, because... Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) You can get... uh, an AmazeFit band that has, you know, AI training you on how to run or whatever. And it may not be as good as Fitbits, but it doesn't charge you anything for it. And you can pay less for the for the tracker itself. I just think it's um, I just think it's kind of funny that Google hasn't killed Fitbit yet. <laughs> just like how it-, it is really interesting what they're doing, because like, you know, that some of these Pixel Watch 2 leaks recently are saying that the Fitbit app's going to get a UI revamp and like they're going to have a better workout UI on the watch itself and like they're clearly still trying to leverage Fitbit but I I almost feel like they're a little lost and and don't know what to do with it. Yeah, they're improving the app but they got rid of community stuff which pissed off Fitbit users. That it, that was like one of the weirdest decisions. I I don't even... I actually would love to get Jerry's perspective on this because we've talked about money in the past and, you know, how Google... (laughs) And how Google makes its money. And, you know, obviously that's one of the reasons why Google ends up killing so many different things because they don't really care about what that thing is and it doesn't really... Probably doesn't bring in money for them because obviously Android as a software, you know, they're still winning because people who have iPhones are still using the Google software with Gmail and Docs, et cetera, whatever. So Google is still happy. 
but I, I fail to understand why there isn't um, momentum in fixing Fitbit or getting them on track again when there is already an inbuilt community with Fitbit. Like it's a very, very popular brand and it could make a lot of money. And I don't understand why Google's not capitalizing on that. If they care, that is like, I don't even know if they care. I think Google has a better insight into what people who buy Fitbits actually like and use. Uh, we're a bunch of nerds on the internet. Google doesn't give a flying damn what we think. <laughs> Google can kill a product and, oh, this Jerry and Nick guy, they're going to complain. We don't care. Screw them. We care about money. That's Google's a business. And, and we tend to forget that. I know I do too. Uh, I imagine with Fitbit, Google has its eyeballs on Apple users. Android users have a Pixel watch. Mm. And Google would love for you to buy a Pixel watch. But as far as making an expensive Fitbit, you know, that comes close to the price of a Google watch or a Pixel watch, the only people that are more likely to buy that over, you know, a regular smartwatch are people with an iPhone who already use Fitbit. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how that translates into killing off the community features unless they plan to bring them back in a new and different way, which is possible. This is Google. They do a lot of dumb stuff. But uh, Google is, is clearly doing what it's doing because it, they, they think they will make more money doing it this way. And that's always the bottom line for all of their decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I And you know what? Actually, that theory makes complete sense, right? Because by having a Pixel watch, you're not targeting the other half right. who don't have an Android phone. And so targeting them with a Fitbit would make sense. However, that that war or not war, but that competition is incredibly challenging because of how integrated Apple watches with iPhone Correct. users. But, you know, Fitbit, we've mentioned it. Fitbit ha has a, a large user base. People mm -hmm. who love their products and love the application. Uh, and I imagine the majority of that user base is people with an iPhone. Interesting. Uh, it's, you know, they, they probably, all their user base is probably in North America. That whittles down the amount of people who don't use an iPhone large, largely because in North America, the iPhone is king, period. We don't have to like it, but we can't deny it that even though they only hold half the market, it's one phone with half the market. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I want to talk about another uh, wearable little news thing that happened. And actually, Michael, you wrote this, so this is great. It's the, the article title is, A Major Android Brand is Making Its First Wear OS 3 Watch. Um, Xiaomi has announced it will launch the Watch 2 Pro on September 26th in Berlin. Its latest smartwatch will use Wear OS rather than MUIU. MUU. <laughs> OS for the first time since the Mi Watch in 2019. Leaks suggest that it will have a 1.4-inch AMOLED display, Snapdragon W5 Plus Gen 1 chip, and a 500 milliamp, milliamp battery. Uh, 
go for it, uh, Michael. What are your thoughts? So when I first wrote the headline, I thought it was the first Wear OS watch. And then Derek pointed out they technically had the the Mi watch in 2019. I looked into it and people were saying at the time, it's not really a Wear OS watch. It was basically its software was on top of Wear OS, even though Google wasn't even supposed to let people modify Wear OS at that time. Huh. And then everything after that was just entirely their software. So this is kind of the first time they're really just doing Wear OS fully. We don't know how much of their their skin is going to be left or how different it'll be just like one UI watch. But it does seem like for the first time, Xiaomi is saying, okay, Wear OS is now in a good enough space that we actually want to use it. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious whether other brands that have stuck to their own operating systems like um, OnePlus or Motorola or whatever for their watches will switch too because they're saying, okay, now things are looking okay. You're figuring these things out. Companies are starting to be able to add Google Assistant again, like Fossil. So maybe we'll, we'll use Wear OS now. But yeah, the watch itself just looks very nice. Uh, it looks like a Galaxy Watch 6 Classic. And it, it has, has a rotating bezel. Yeah. <laughs> and it has, you know, the same... Uh, it looks it looks as, very much like a watch yeah which is nice yeah exactly it looks nice it has the same chip that is going to be in the pixel watch 2 allegedly and you know plenty of storage and ram it has a pretty huge battery but it looks relatively light so yeah it's just a shame that none of us will get to try it because it'll probably only be in europe right uh <laughs> I, I want to talk about one of the things that you stated, which I think is, um, I think that I, I thought it was an interesting point that you made is, is that this brand finally thinks that Wear OS 3 is good enough and I italicize good enough for it to actually be used in one of their watches. And that's been sort of a contentious issue for quite some time amongst all of us. The um, quality of Wear OS 3 and, you know, the, the I mean, uh, what do you guys think? Like, do you think that statement that that Michael made is an interesting one? I mean, I think it is, especially since very it be, yes, right. And and so, but not for the same reason that you all think. Okay, well, what is your reason? Wear OS has always been good enough. Even I hate it, but it's still good enough because people who buy it complain. They end up buying another watch anyway. Now companies like Xiaomi and Samsung, uh can customize Wear OS and put their own operating system layer on top of it before they couldn't do that. That's why Xiaomi is using Wear OS instead of what they were using before, which was really probably Wear OS with their UI on top of it anyway. Uh, it, it just had no Google connectivity because Google's put a stop to it. They got away with it once, and that's the Michael or the, the smartwatch Michael was talking about before. But that was a big no-no. Uh, Google was not going to let them get away with it again. But now they can do it. So they don't have to pay somebody to write software and maintain software. They just have their UI people work with code that Google spends billions of dollars a year to write and rewrite and update and, you know, keep going, which is a huge draw. Yeah. It's ready. It's there. Take it. Use it. And now do whatever you want with it. And I assume that it makes it easier for it to spread out in terms of sales than instead of just being really tied to Xiaomi phones. Right. You know, you can maybe buy this watch and use it with a non-Xiaomi phone because it has the Wear OS base. I would want to 
go out on a limb here and say if you found a place on the internet that would ship it to North America and you bought this thing and you got it, opened it up, connected it to your Galaxy phone or your Pixel phone or whatever, everything would work just fine. Yeah, I, I was going to say earlier, so I totally agree with, with uh, you know, what Michael was saying, I guess that these companies are saying, right? Because I hated pretty much every watch that ran Wear OS 2, and I think it was because of the OS. It could have been because of the chipsets. There could have been a, a multitude of reasons that made the experience terrible but in general i would say most wear os 2 watches sucked okay um i stopped wearing smartwatches for a while because i hated them so much right whereas since the pixel watch came out i have noticed a substantial improvement in just everyday use of these things like i love the pixel watch i can't wait for the pixel watch 2 um i'm glad that these companies are able to customize it because I feel like they can make it a little more interesting. Whereas with Wear OS 2, you know, that was both a blessing and a curse where it's like the, the original core philosophy of Wear OS was that this was built by Google. It's always going to get updated by Google, no matter what hardware you have. And there was a beauty in that because no matter what hardware you buy or prefer, whatever look you want, you're still going to get the same, you know, quote, great experience. But I think, as I've said before, it was not a real great experience. So seeing these manufacturers being able to actually customize it this time and not just do the hardware, actually, I think, ends up being a good thing. I just It'll be interesting to see, as more companies pile onto this, if we start having problems with updates or if it doesn't really matter because Google's figured out how to design around that these days. I wonder what took Google so long. I don't know. We our website wouldn't be in in existence if Google didn't let companies who make phones alter Android in ways that we hate. Uh the whole reason Android is popular is because it's free, it works, and you can do just about anything you want to it. As long as whatever you've touched doesn't screw with Google's apps, Google doesn't care because they're going to make the same amount of money. Right. Right. And that's why Android is so popular with companies like, you know, Samsung, Motorola, Google, you know, Xiaomi. Uh, that, that's, the, you know, the big, not counting Apple, of course. That, that, those are the big names in smartphones around the world. Right. And all of them, but Apple use Android because it's free, it works, and it's so easy to customize. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have a feeling this is just... The, the constant change in leadership at Google mm. uh, sort of showing its face on the public side because, you know, for a while there with Wear OS, for, for several years really, the, that mantra felt almost a little like uh, Google was taking back control of Android. I think that was, that was sort of the line that I'd seen on forums a lot. And I think that was a bit of a mistake, but not because... Google shouldn't better control Android. I think it was the angle that they were going, uh, that they were taking was the wrong angle. And now that they have play services and a lot of this back-end stuff to update things, nobody talks about Android fragmentation anymore. Nobody gives a crap because it doesn't matter anymore, right? Like they've, they have fixed those actual problems and now what we used to talk about, we realize, oh, that, that wasn't the real problem. That was just 
what most people saw and they didn't realize that this is an underlying issue not a public facing one mm -hmm. yeah that google spent billions and billions of dollars trying to fix the mistake <laughs> they made when android was first written uh it's it's not modular enough yeah so google made it modular because i'll say it samsung is lazy android fragmentation all boiled down to samsung motorola lg they're all lazy they don't want to spend money they don't care about the product that they sell after you paid them. Right. All they care about is getting your money. So they didn't put the time to take the free code that Google provided to update things and incorporate it into their own mess and upgrade it themselves. So Google had to figure something out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is true. Uh, I want to do a rant. Like, I don't, when I created today's list of topics i kind of i just kind of like threw it together and i want to talk about the next thing but it's like kind of randomly placed because right after that we're going to talk about smartwatches again but you guys just let's, let's just go with it okay so last week um there was a major trial that began with google and uh the u.s justice uh department of justice excuse me um, it, it, it's a 10-week antitrust trial against Google, and Jerry broke it down for us, um, and he titled it, Here's What the Google Trial is About and Why You Should Care. So essentially, the Justice Department is um, doing this trial against Google, uh, it, it basically saying that... Um, Along with other individual states, they're claiming that Google was able to reach its status as the dominant company in search through anti-competitive means. And now the company has reached monopoly status and everything needs to be investigated. And I think this is this is a big thing because whenever a company as big as Google is going through this, we always assume that, you know, they'll get fined and then Google will pay a certain amount of money and then boom, it's like done and they're back to their to their status. But Jerry, I think you kind of have a different perspective or maybe, you know, can see what what could happen out of this. What what do you think? Of all the terrible things Google as a company does, why did they pick this to bring them into court over? This is nothing. And I I mean I I used an example of green beans at your grocery store. Yeah. Uh you know, one company who makes canned green beans, let's say Green Giant, can pay Safeway to make sure their cans are at eye level. Because you're going to buy what's in front of you instead of stooping over to buy Libby's green beans. Wait, do they actually do that? Yes, they do that. Oh, sure. my God. That's my, crazy. My wife was a, a grocery manager. Nobody wants manager. to spend 10 minutes picking out green beans. <laughs> right. You go and you buy <laughs> you what's right the there one. in front of you. And if you want to move a product in a grocery store, you place it at eye level at the front of the aisle near the end. And grocery stores will accept money from companies to make sure their products are placed there. And that's perfectly legal, it's perfectly fine, and nobody bats an eye at it. That's what Google did in, with, with Google search being the default. Uh, and really, it, it, this is all about the iPhone. They, they don't care about anything else. They might have mentioned other things like Firefox browser or Ubuntu, and you know what, nobody cares. No. There's, there's not enough user base there to make it any bit of a difference so nobody really cares it's all about the iphone google pays a lot of money so when you open your iphone and search for something it uses google you are able to easily change it but nobody does 
and another example I used is in Europe, when you search for something on your iPhone or your Android phone or any phone, the first time you do it, you're given a, a, a page where you can choose the default search engine for your device. Everybody still chooses Google. Right. That's crazy. So it, it makes no, no sense and, and no difference. This is, man, I get so frustrated. It's because Google works really well. Now, I don't want to interrupt you. So if, if you are going to, I just had a thought about the FTC that I wanted to, to, to say. Go ahead, because that's where my problem is, is with the FTC. Yes. Okay. So this almost exact scenario, like you're saying, happened with Meta uh, last year, the year before, when they were trying to buy Within, which is the developer that made the fitness, we'll call it a game, Supernatural, right? Um, and when the FTC sued Meta over this, they said, you are becoming a monopoly over uh, fitness on VR systems. And it was like... Didn't, didn't, it, didn't they do the same thing with WhatsApp and Instagram as well? Probably, but it's yeah. just the, it's the dumbest angle. It's like, guys, you could have picked any other angle i mean restricting content to just one store like we have this issue with the one store concept being a problem on so many platforms these days and instead of going after the thing that would actually fix so many problems on so many different platforms the ftc keeps picking these stupid little nitpicky things that they're not going to win and i don't really understand who at the FTC thinks this is a good idea? But clearly there's a leadership problem there. Even if they do win, it's going to make no difference. They're not going to be able to break up Google over this. If somebody at the FTC has this dream of let's break up Google like right. we did AT&T, that's not going to happen. Stop it. You shouldn't be there if you that's what you think. But Google does so many things that I consider unfair and predatory towards consumers. And that's what antitrust laws were designed to do is protect consumers, not other businesses. They only ever get enforced to protect other businesses, but that's not what they were designed to do. Man, let's look at all the anti-consumer things that Google does, like how they retain our data, how they use our data, how they collect our data, how they, you know, how they make their money, what they do with ads. My goodness, hopefully the next time Google's in court, which should be coming up soon if if people can convince, you know, whoever decides to bring forward lawsuits is all about Google's ad business. And that's kind of stuff needs investigated. Google paying Apple to be the default search engine, who cares? They they make it so you can change it. They're they already have a system in place where they can make it even easier for you to know you can change it. And it's not going to make any difference. This is a waste of my money, and I hate it. I, I think what I would love to know, um, so, you know, if we're talking about search engines, and, and, you know, like you said in the article, Microsoft could pay any of these companies just as much as Google to right. make Bing the default, right? Or Apple could just go make their own search engine like they did with Maps. So why is it that we don't see this happen more often? Why is it that Apple made Apple Maps to get rid of Google Maps, basically, right, and is not making Apple search? I didn't want to come right out and say it, but I touch on that in the article about why Google search works so well. And you can say, oh, it's gotten so bad lately, and, and maybe it has for you. But on the whole, everybody thinks Google works pretty well. 
and it's because of the investment in technology Google made. Sure. They have such a huge head start that Apple can't catch up. Mm. Microsoft, who also has a big head start, is so far behind Google in events that are happening right now. I mean, and also, if you think about it, like when Apple Maps came out and when Apple or not iTunes, sorry, Apple Music came out. Like, I'm sure Apple Music is good now, but I don't know anyone who uses Apple Music. I don't know. I don't really know that many people who use Apple Maps. Like, people are still using Google Maps or Spotify. Because it or... works so well. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I use Apple Music. No, do you really? Family. Yeah. <laughs> is it good? I heard it's. No, I no. heard it's good. I heard it's good now, though. I mean, isn't it's it? fine. Is it... It's just it. The UI is kind of terrible but it has all the music that i mm. want it's right just, and i've heard the quality is better too yeah the, the quality of the sound is fine i just use it because i had itunes and so i want to the, combine all of my old hard files with new albums that's the only yeah I, I i i use uh spotify because my parents i pay for my parents as well to be able to use premium so that's that makes sense anyways um, I do have a point to make with respect to this trial and something that I wonder if it could be the case. And I don't, I mean, it's a very much of a speculative theory case on my, on my end, at least. Go for it. This whole trial is a speculative theory. <laughs> That's right. But I was going to say, um, I have to like phrase this probably because it just came into my head. Uh, what if, <laughs> what if the FTC is only doing this? for the sake of showing to people that they're holding these companies accountable, but really they're just doing something stupid and easy where they know they're going to lose and Google's going to win because they need to show face. Does that make sense, what, what yes, I'm saying? Yes, it makes absolute sense, and okay. that's something that I cut out of that article because I thought it was getting too long. <laughs> this is a win for the FTC even if they lose because they can say, look, we're holding tech big tech accountable right and then but then that makes me question like you know it's kind of shitty because like yeah like you know google should be held accountable for things that it's done and it should be like i almost feel like the government really should be working with these big tech companies as opposed to just showing face like it just doesn't make sense to me um i don't know that's just my two cents i, I, I would like my tax dollars spent on the government finding every single thing to try to shut all these companies down. That will never happen, but then everything will get investigated and everything will be more transparent to us. That's why I want it. But of course, money. They can't do that. All right. Well, you know, always fun to, to talk about the FTC and the, the Justice Department. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about smartwatches. So stay tuned. If your business earns millions or tens of millions of revenue, stop what you're doing and take a listen because NetSuite by Oracle has just rolled out the best offer we've seen. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time in NetSuite's 25 years as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment and no interest for six months, and you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. NetSuite is number one because they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity across every department. 
Over 36,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of the special financing offer at netsuite.com android. netsuite.com android to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm. netsuite.com android. Okay, um, I want to talk about an article that our very own Harish wrote uh, on the eve of the uh, Apple release date for availability, availability of smartwatches and the new iPhones. His article is titled, Android smartwatches still suck, so I'm sticking with the Apple Watch. And I love this article because of that spicy headline. I asked him to give that spicy headline. Um, what do you guys think of the, about this? I mean, obviously one of the big things that, you know, everyone on this team have been complaining about, I think maybe aside from Michael, uh, though I think Michael has his favorites, obviously, um, most of the Wear OS watches aren't that great. And that's why it's hard to use them or it's hard to want to buy one and stick to it uh and and that's why a lot of people prefer the apple watch just because of the integration the way people are using it i don't know what do you what did you guys think of this this article well i think the apple watch sucks too <laughs> in fact up until two weeks ago i thought all wearables sucked but now michael thankfully intervened and you know i found out that they don't have to suck which we might talk about later I don't want to derail everything, but fitness people mostly wear a smartwatch, at least from what I read to talk about fitness. And I agree. Apple probably does that better. Yeah. I mean, based on everything I've read on our site, you know, because I'm, I'm not the smartwatch guru. Like I said, I didn't even wear them for several years because I couldn't stand them. Um, but yeah, even, even off of our site or whatever, like people typically will talk about, Oh, well, this is what this one watch is missing. And, you know, Apple has it on theirs and has had it forever. It's it's almost like the opposite of the Android conversation where every year the iPhone comes out and we're like, oh, you guys finally have that feature. Gosh, I had that for 10 years or something, right? Like it almost feels like that's flipped for watches where a new watch will introduce some feature. And I'm sure everyone with an Apple watch is like, I've been using that since like the series one. Like, what, what, why is this a, a, why is this news, right? Like, what is it about? Apple that they were able to get the Apple Watch right over an Android watch. Because when we look at when we look at iPhones, again, like you said, Nick, like you we watched the show and we're like, LOL, like this was a feature already at uh, on Android devices. Like, sure. you know, it's it Google's been doing this for years. Ha 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 ha. But then the, it's like the flip side of the conversation. So what did what did Apple do right to 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 have that one up when it comes to, to smartwatches? I'm just bursting with excitement. Go ahead, Nick. OK, so I think it was both a happy accident and Apple's ability to laser focus on something because of the way the company is structured. So. The Apple Watch, just like the Quest 2, this trajectory is almost identical. When these products launched initially, 
I don't think either of these companies had any idea that fitness would be the main selling point of the product. Totally. Um, back when the Apple Watch first came out, smartwatches were still sort of like, oh, well, you can be like Dick Tracy now. And everyone's like, who gives a crap, right? I mean, it's cool, but why would I want to wear this? And then somebody, I can't even remember why or when or whatever, figured out that these things work really well for fitness. And like all of a sudden, Apple like I said, took its ability to laser focus on something as a company and went, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to focus on. And, you know, whereas Meta with the Quest 2, I don't want to get too far into that, hasn't been as good about focusing on that, even though they have branched out more. I, I think, you know, meanwhile, Android watches were still trying to do everything. They were still trying to have a gazillion apps. They were still trying to be a phone on your wrist. Like, and so many different companies didn't really seem to understand either that that's what people wanted it for or because of the inability of one company to focus on both hardware and the OS as you know a, a single entity, I think maybe some of that got lost in the mix because, like I said before, we had Google was focusing on and they had to be the ones in control of this OS. So maybe if there were hardware manufacturers that wanted to do fitness focus, they were like, well, maybe not. We're still trying to do this thing with our watches. You guys are going to have to do something else, make a fitness tracker or whatever. And Apple also doesn't make fitness trackers, right? They just make the Apple Watch. Right. I, I have a, a simple thing to add here. Okay, Apple saw so many people with an iPhone using, let's say, a Fitbit. <laughs> Somebody at Apple said, wouldn't it be great if they used a product we made instead? How can we make that happen? Well, we can build one and we can make it do everything people want, but it's going to be real expensive. How do we convince people to buy it? Tell them you're not cool if you don't have one. Boom. <laughs> then Apple can afford to sink tons of money into a product that they know will sell like gangbusters. They can afford to sink money into it every year and make it, you know, an, an update that even if it's not better on paper, people will still buy it because you're not cool if you don't buy it. Sure. I I'm amazed that they don't make them look slightly different each year. I am too. Because that would double their sales. Shruti will tell everybody that the iPhone <laughs> or the I Apple Watch is a fashion accessory first. Well, it is. Amongst uh, Apple users. It is. It is. But what I think is interesting is the point that Nick made, which is um it was it was purely luck, really, if you think about it. Like I don't think anyone really envisioned what a smartwatch could potentially do. And I think I think Apple was probably like, let's start it, let's like let's go with the notion of, you know, if you're you are not cool if you don't have it, but but then it kind of built on that where it's like, well now we are the leaders in health or whatever you want to call it. Anyways, Michael, what were you going to say? Yeah, well, two points. I'll do the boring one first and the one that'll get people like Nick annoyed. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do think it has a lot to do with Apple's expertise with making its own hardware. It's paid off for the iPhone. It paid off with this because it can keep the watch pretty skinny. It provides good performance. And all the years that people were struggling with wear watches with, because of problems with Qualcomm chips, which is why Google had to go with Exynos until Qualcomm fixed its problems there. Um, you know, Apple could provide just relatively little lag on their watch. And so, and keeping it like 11 millimeters or whatever, so it was not too thick. Whereas 
you know, Samsung has slowly made their watches skinnier in recent years, but they've been these huge, thick things. They don't look like status symbols. They just, they look like you took a watch and you doubled the size. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, I, I do think that it is all about the squircle. The what? And, which Nick has told me he thinks is terrible looking or whatever. And so many people just... You know, oh, oh, the squircle. I thought you said squirtle. And I was like, are you talking about a squirtle. Pokemon? The, like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, the squirtle X Factor. No. Um, That's right. I think that it is very simple. Aside from the fact that Apple could say, this is cool and it looks different from your usual watch at a time when that was a relatively new thing. I think that a square just lets you fit more information on there. I agree. Samsung and every every wear company has to make things fit in the circle, and each one does it differently, but oftentimes, like, AmazeFit, they do a really stupid way where the text scrolls left to right, and it looks terrible because it's cut <laughs> off on the top and the bottom. There, and it, you know, I know a little bit of the background here. Do you know why it's square? Two reasons. Why? Firstly, it's easier to fit everything inside it without making the the watch super thick secondly the panels are half the price right round panels cause so much waste that you throw away more of a sheet of of display Mm. you throw more away than you actually use square you hardly have any waste only bad sections so apple was smart on the hardware side to go with square and there were really nice watches that were square long before the apple watch was even a, a dream that's apple didn't invent that they they probably saw one of them and said oh wow we can make a watch that looks really good and it doesn't have to be round and we can save so much money and make it so much easier and that way we'll have a better product and that's what they did and that's that's fair and and i think you know as much as i don't like square watches it, it feels to me like you're saying it's like this decision was made because uh, we already have these things. We don't have to do much to to change it. Like it, it feels like a cop out to me, rather than a design well, I, I choice. I wouldn't say it's a cop out. I think it's a very smart design choice. Apple easily could have made a round watch, sure, and they would have had to make it slightly bigger than than was comfortable for people with very small wrists. But they still would have sold a lot of them, and you know it, it would have been fine. It would still be a popular product. But by choosing the direction they did they were able to make one that's much more comfortable to wear for some people and it's much more cost effective sure and let's face it people love the thing i i don't i don't think i'll i just guess okay i i don't think people love it because it's square necessarily i think if they made a round one people would still like it just as much because oh uh, if they made a round one that one would sell crazy for the first couple I, of years. I, dis- I disagree. I don't think it would because then everyone on the Apple side of things will be like, oh, this is a basic looking watch. I don't want it anymore. Mm, I totally disagree with that. Well, maybe. I, I, I was going to say, so to their credit, before I skip past this, designing it as a square makes them not have to reinvent the wheel as far as UI design goes, right? So that that was, like you're saying, part of the right. the smart design choices. And it's like, all right, how do we get this product out? How do we make it look good? How do we, you know, whatever. Like, it, it answers kind of a lot of questions by just keeping it similar to a phone design because then you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, I, 
I think, though, the core experience is what makes this thing better, though, because we've had square watches on Wear OS since the beginning. My first smartwatch, the Galaxy Gear, was a square watch, right? Like, I think both initial Wear OS watches, when it was called Android Wear, were square, right? Like, this is not a, again, like, like you said, it's not a new design. It's even been done on smartwatches before the Apple Watch came out, but but then Apple comes in and says, now this is ours. And yeah, yeah. the other company's like, oh, great. Now we got to do circles because Apple has yeah. Nobody wants to look like an Apple Watch ripoff. Or maybe they do. Who knows? Whatever. Well, there were no smartwatches before the first Android Wear watches. I mean, there were watches well, that were kind of smart. Yeah. Like I was saying, kind of smart. But Pebble was square. But, uh, you know, if you want to invent the wheel instead of reinvent the wheel, you have to use what works easily. And that's why Samsung and LG made a square watch for Google when, with the first, you know, was it Wear OS, Android Wear? Hell, I, it gets so confusing. I forget what they were called, but I was there when they showed them off and they handed, I had both of them. They, they just handed them out like candy because they want other people to see them on your wrist and want people like us to write about them. You're talking about the LG one? Yeah, I, yeah, I had the LG one and the Samsung one. They they gave them both to me. I had the Gear Live. I went from the, uh, what was the first Samsung? What did I say? Galaxy Gear? Yeah, <laughs> I forget what they called these things. Oh my God, that was, what an ugly name. Galaxy Gear? The whole thing was ugly. Jesus. It was a pure geek product, <laughs> and I loved wearing it because I'm a geek, and I wanted to show off the fact that I was a geek. Whatever, okay? And then going to the Gear Live was the same thing. It was like, oh, oh check gosh. this out. I don't have buttons. Oh, it's my sick. gosh. Oh, <laughs> but my then, gosh. at least I know, for me anyway, that novelty quickly wore off. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, don't, I stopped caring about smartwatches until somebody showed me something I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I liked using them a lot at the time because the hands-free texting and notification filtering were what I primarily used them both for. And, and to me, at that stage of my life, that was invaluable because I worked on the road a lot. Like, there were a lot of reasons that that worked for me, and that's what I primarily used it for. Mm -hmm. And then once those features kind of got sucky, that's when I was like, what do I even want this thing for anymore? I'm getting rid of it. Like, All right, I'm going to give the last word to Michael, um, and then I want to talk about his article. Yeah, I just I, I looked over Harish's post and I just think it's interesting. I think the key, he, the through line here is he was turned off by the history of Android watches. He was driven to the Apple Watch, fell in love with it. <clears throat> and he doesn't spend that much time talking about Wear OS 3. His main problem seems to be with the newer watches that he has problems using Spotify, which is entirely down to Spotify, probably putting more effort into the watch os app than the wear os app sure but there's no reason to switch back because he's found happiness with the apple watch and that's just the thing apple is it can use the same chip three generations in a row it can keep the same design because people are generally happy with it and they want new things every year but they don't need to look for other things unless they're looking for something very specific like a, a more fitness focused watch or whatever whereas with android every other you know, brand is fighting over the smaller proportion of the market, at least in the U.S., and they all have to make themselves look distinct. They have to make new changes every year to stand out. And so Apple just has the upper hand. True. 
Okay, um, I think Apple has the upper hand in the next thing as well, which is something that you wrote about, Michael. Um, the title of your article is, This Apple Watch Series 9 Upgrade Only Makes the Galaxy Watch 6 Look Worse. And what we're talking about here is the amount of storage uh, on the Apple Watch Series 9, which is uh, basically, Michael said that, by giving 64 gigabytes of storage to the Apple Watch Series 9, the longtime Samsung rival made the recently released Galaxy Watch 6 with its mere 16 gigabytes of storage look a bit dated by comparison. Um, I'm really excited for you to talk about this article, but I need to just put it out there. I really, really don't understand why people would need more storage on their watch. Me either. So I'm, I'm ready. So to go, for, go for it, Michael. Go I'm, for I'm it. I'm just imagine me channeling Andrew because I basically made his argument for him with this it's just the main thing here is i don't necessarily care about storage either because i don't use my watch that way i like a watch i can strap on and forget but for the people who buy a watch to actually use and to speak to the assistant and to listen to music without having their phone on them and to buy like the cellular version and everything else storage does matter and you know music takes up a lot of space so does apparent i've heard that apple needed the extra space on the series 9 for processing siri on device uh it, it needed that extra storage for that that's fair it, yeah it could have to see how much is free when it's turned on but yeah like samsung uses 10 out of its 16 gigabytes just for the internal software and I assume for having enough room for talking to Bixby or Google Assistant stuff, everything else. And so by the time you start adding apps and music, you are basically already running out of space. I don't care about that because I don't even download that many apps and I don't like streaming music because it kills the battery. But Andrew does. He told me about how he doesn't like bringing his phone everywhere, like when he's doing chores in the backyard. He just wants to have his watch streaming stuff to his wireless earbuds or listening to a podcast and if you have if you have a galaxy watch you can probably have a few podcasts downloaded and if you have an apple watch you now have 16 gigs entirely dedicated to media storage which is more than like, the same amount as the whole galaxy watch combined so i just in other companies care about this too google gave the pixel watch 32 gigs the tick watch has 32 gigs the the new xiaomi watch is 32 gigs so it's everyone except for samsung is getting on board with giving you a bit more storage for more watch faces more custom photos well i also wonder if if um part of the reason why samsung doesn't have it yet is because they i mean they only just released the watch six and and all of these other companies release their are are expecting to or have already released their watches for the year it was much later than samsung like when did they launch their end of july and these companies are launching you know september october right like the watch has had it since last october though and the apple watch is at 32 gigs since the series five i think or six i don't quite recall Oh, okay. Well, then I'm just going to shut up. Okay. No, I, I do. I, I'm not discounting what you're saying. Cause I think other companies took until this year to say like, oh, shoot, we probably should prioritize this. Because I think most Android watches that had eight gigabytes up until now. I'm sitting here running it through in my head. Uh, 
they probably have to reserve eight to ten gigabytes for the operating just like android does and that is even if your watch doesn't have it that includes space for a cellular modem and space for a buffer for the gpu and you know little things that don't make that much of a difference until you add them all up right so the apple watch has let's say 50 gigabytes free after everything's turned on unless apple has reserved some of that for other features and and they could there's 50 gigabytes free they could take another 10 and market is not to be used that way they can have more freedom with siri and on device processing uh i still don't understand what a person needs 40 gigabytes of storage on their watch for and i don't think i'll ever understand it that's that's like 120 hours worth of music it's a lot of storage yeah it just doesn't make sense to me, but sure, I, I guess. I, I see their reasoning. I, I, I understand, like Michael said, mostly Andrew has talked to him about it. I can see the the reason it's <laughs> that much. I, I don't, that, that I don't understand. But then again, that's not how I use products. So maybe my point is invalid. No, it you, it's a fair point. Just to clarify, I have read that Apple only ever reserves 25% of its storage for music or podcasts or whatever. So before when it was 32 gigs, you could have eight gigabytes of music. Now you can have up to 16, which is, you know, a, a nice amount. It's, it's not 40. But I, I still I agree with you. I, I do think maybe this is being done for the sake of finding something interesting to give the Series 9 because it didn't have much else going on. <laughs> Very well could be the case. Well, Apple has finally realized that spec sheets are important for a lot of buyers. You remember the old Apple that never told you how much memory was in their phone or anything about the processor? And, right, and now they know, spend that, 35 minutes yes. every single conference talking about that. It. That doesn't fly anymore, so... Saying that they have 64 gigs of storage is a very impressive spec sheet line. And that could be part of it. Totally. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about Apple still because, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we, we've got some uh, interesting stuff to talk about, specifically from Jerry, uh, who wrote a very, very important article. Uh, and I want to talk about it. It's called, It Took Apple to Make Accessibility Features Look Cool. And you say, you say you're not mad about it. Um, I do have my thoughts about this, but I'm going to let you talk about this. Um, and it's with respect to the double tap feature on the Apple Watch. Um, and it's obviously catching a lot of people's eyes. So do you want to talk about, about it? I guess. Uh, you, you, you know, you can tap your index finger and your thumb together twice to virtually tap the default button in any app on the Apple Watch. Uh, that's really cool. Did you know you could always do that? Did you know you can do that on every Galaxy watch and the Pixel watch and every other smartwatch under the sun? No, you probably didn't know that. That's why not so much the feature itself, but the way Apple presented it is really important. I don't, I, I don't like it. I don't like how they did it. What, you don't like that they brought it to the front and center? No, I'm, I'm so happy that they did. But they did not indicate that this is an already existing feature. No, of course not. They, That's they the made part it... that freaking pisses me off. Because it's like, oh, now you're making it cool because 
oh, you're making it mainstream. Like, I'm glad they're making an accessibility feature mainstream, but say that it's an accessibility feature that's already there. Don't make it seem like it's a well, brand new thing. There's there's that argument, but, you know, for, for whatever reason they did it, I don't care. Mm. They did it. Let's say you have a friend, and let's say he has a, a, some sort of disability where he can only use one hand, and he doesn't have a artificial arm that has a... A, a, a fingers that will work on a touchscreen. And those things do exist, but most people don't have them. How does he use his watch? He doesn't, unless he pokes it with his nose. So he, he can't. He, he doesn't use a smartwatch at all because he didn't know you could use it by different gestures. There are, there are even more gestures than just double tapping. I know on the Android side, it's you can make a fist twice, you can shake your hand, you can tilt your wrist. And you can navigate everything on, on your wearable with, without touching it with a, another hand. That's, that's an important buying, you know, part of the decision-making process for somebody that has a disability that affects their, their... Totally. Let's just be frank. If they can't use two hands, that's important. I was trying to beat around the bush, but hey, I'm, I'm disabled. I don't don't come at me. I I I, I kind of know how people like me feel. You know what? Don't don't make a special fuss over me. Treat me normal, but make products that let me use them normally. And in my case, I can use both hands. But in your friend's case, who can can't use both hands, this allows him to use the device normally. He's more apt to buy it now that he knows he can use it. Before he might not have known, because these settings were buried deep down in setting but isn't that you know, isn't that the thing that's frustrating though like if they if they were so deep buried down and they're not yes like very i feel like again it just goes back to what i was saying it's like i just think it's funny that like we're now bringing a very important thing um to light but we're not really associating it with disabilities my wife said something that i don't know if i agree with it or don't agree with it if it wasn't enabled by default, how would somebody that needs the feature turn it on? Yeah. That which that's a very this is, I told her she's like a Zen monk thinking up ideas like that. That's yeah, but that's a good point. Bring it to the front. Let everybody know it's there. Make it so it's not just some random setting like how intense the vibration is buried somewhere where you'll never know that it's sitting there behind some word like dexterity or adaptive touch or assistance. Screw all that. Yeah, I love the fact that it works by default, you know, and it's right there. You can turn it on or off. Uh, maybe you don't have to go that far, but let's talk about it. When you're standing on stage telling everybody how great your wearable is, why not, you know, even if you don't want to say, look, you can pinch your fingers to work the watch, at least say something like, and we've got tools built in for people with special needs so you too can enjoy a smartwatch. No company has ever done that before until Apple just did it. And I'm so glad they did it because I know Samsung will copy them. Google will copy them. Everybody will copy them. And people will finally know and understand that not everybody is like them. There are people that have these needs and these products need to be built for those people. And the people that need this type of assistive tech 
will finally know that it's there, ready and waiting. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, on a related note, but also sort of the flip side, I would not at all be offended if next year Apple launches the iPhone 16 and goes, hey, we figured out how to make uh, displays that don't flicker and don't right. hurt people's eyeballs when they look <laughs> at their phone right. at night and what, stuff. Uh, like, was it Fair, Fairphone, you told me, is doing a really good job at that? Yes. Okay, that needed to be part of their presentation. Let people that... You know, I, I don't want to offend you, Nick, but you have a disability. Uh, yeah, and it's not an offense. It's 100% a disability. I, I almost feel bad for calling it a disability because I see people in wheelchairs and go, well, I can walk around, right? No, like, not every disability needs a wheelchair. Right. You have a, a, a special need when it comes to your eyesight. If you don't have a product that meets that need, it's very difficult for you to use it. So Yes. Well, and that's that's like the flip side of this conversation, right? Because it's like, you're talking about products that are are coming out and are adding features to let new users use them, right? Whereas in my case, new f- products are coming out that are using features that are barring people from using these new products, right? Right. So like as more OLED phones come out that flicker, that means fewer phones are available for people like me or, you know, o- others that have display sensitivities to use. So it's like, whereas you are finding products that are are helping your specific disability or other people might be finding products to help with their specific disability. Uh, Ours is sort of coming to light because now products have changed the way things work and it's all of a sudden like, oh, I have a disability. I didn't even know I had this before. Totally. But it's... Fairphone should have made a big deal that their display is easier on your eyes if you have special needs and they didn't do it because no company does things like that. Well, now Apple's done it. So your move, everyone else. Your move, everyone else. <laughs> yes. I, I had a quick thought. Just more and more, um, this is going to seem like a tangent at first, but more and more video games <laughs> have been doing a lot of accessibility features um, in terms of visibility, captions, everything else. But I think the key thing is a lot of these games, the first thing you see is you adjust the brightness, and then it's like, do you want to, uh, you know, add any accessibility settings before oh, the yeah. opening of the game? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. when right. you turn on an Android phone or uh, activate an Android watch, it goes through stuff like saying, do you want voice match? Yeah. Do you like log into your email? Do you want to download these apps? It does all these things that it thinks are a priority and wants you to get it at a start and get excited about the things on the watch. But I have never seen it ever address accessibility stuff. And I, I that's the point say to do it. That if you, when you first turn on an, an Android phone that has no user signed in, and I know for a fact when you turn on a Chromebook or even a Windows laptop, there is a way to turn on accessibility settings to get help you go through the setup. But you didn't know they were there, which is my entire point. Right. I know they're there because I've seen it and investigated it, but it's, it's like an afterthought. I, I agree with you that the way video games do it is much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I know on the Android side, you have that screen reader thing, right? Which I have turned on by accident, and it drives oh my God. me insane. Because then I got to Google, how do I turn this thing off? It's My phone's just screaming everything at me. like. And that's because you don't need it and don't know how to use it. Right. It's not that it's a problem, it's because... It's not for you. Well, and and it's not user friendly to to activate or deactivate. Like I've no. done it several times accidentally, and I couldn't even tell you now how I did it or how to fix it. I would have to Google it again. 
It's not like it's right there in the front telling you, oh, press this button combination or do this gesture or whatever. It's just, oh, you pressed the wrong combination of buttons. Yeah. Uh, good luck figuring it out. We're not going to tell you how. Like Michael was saying, that should have been one of the first options presented to you. Right. Do you want to turn this on? And if so, it's one button and it turns on. Yep. Oh, these companies need to do better. They just need to do better. All right, well. The, the nice thing is they have an avenue to do better, and it's pretty clear. Yeah. Well, the Apple made it extremely clear. Everybody loves that, that I've read that double tap feature. Oh, yeah, it's even sick. Though, even the people that know it was there on all of the old Apple Watches, like from the Series 3 forward. As soon as they had an accelerometer and a gyroscope, they were able to use gestures to control the watch. So however long ago that was. Even people that know that it's an existing feature that Apple just trotted out there like it was new still love it. Yeah. So you can present these things and and not scare away people that don't actually need them. Totally. Uh, okay, let's talk about the things that made us happy this past week. Who wants to go first? I can go first, but it, it's semi-work-related, but not really. That's okay. Go for it. God, Michael, thank you for getting me to use this Garmin watch. <laughs> I, 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 and, and I'm writing a little bit more about it. By the time this podcast goes up, you'll be able to read it. Uh, it's the, the Vivo 3, and every other watch I've ever used, there's a way to turn on Oh, you know, a, a mode for people in a wheelchair. And it's supposed to help you with all this fitness stuff, and it's never worked. Apple, your, your device sucks. <laughs> Samsung, your device sucks. I'm in a wheelchair. Your devices suck. Maybe I can tap my fingers to use assistive gestures, and that's cool. But as far as monitoring my health, your device sucks. Garmin, your device works. And it, it's, you can't add in... You can't just convert steps to pushes as an afterthought and say, hey, we're wheelchair friendly. That doesn't work. And that's not what Garmin does. Uh, they, they, the physiology of my body is very different from Michael's. And Garmin takes that into account. And they have an entire page that describes how they take it into account. But more importantly, that translates into, my God, this really works. I count how many pushes I take pushing myself around and now I look at my watch and I see it's either right on or if it's not perfect with my count it's like one or two off whereas before my my galaxy watch would tell me I walked 64 steps when all I did was scratch my leg <laughs> right. you know it, that that doesn't happen with this Garmin watch it's great and I Wait, love it okay stop 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 because I want you to talk about this on the podcast next week <laughs> okay, but I just wanted to say how happy it makes me. I can finally, you know, I, I completed my ring for pushes the other day. That's great. That made me just happy. Now I can see why other people, right? you know, what they get out of it. And I like that. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, who wants to go next? I can go. Um, yeah, this is just something that made me happy, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's not like a special moment or accomplishment or anything. But yeah, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 a lot, uh, and it's just really good. I think, you know, I, I play the PS5 version, so you, people with PC version have been playing it for a month, but it's pretty new to me. I've been watching my partner play it, and it looks really fun. Like, I actually 
might end up getting it at some point and, and play it. I've heard really good things. Yeah. Starfield who? <laughs> Starfield who? Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might play that at some point, but <clears throat> yeah, Baldur's, the, the, the best part about it for me is I've, I had an old Dungeons and Dragons group that we kind of fell off of doing games of that because we all got busy, but we've managed to find time every weekend to play Baldur's Gate as a campaign. Oh, fun. Uh, my friends are chaos gremlins who just love making the worst choices and they're dragging me along <laughs> and I'm, I'm doing my own campaign as you know, more <laughs> Paragon so style or whatever and I seeing one that. side of the game. And then I'm seeing what happens when my friend just goes nuts. And <laughs> Are any of your friends the Dark Urge? Yes. Um, oh, that means it's good. Yeah, there's been some real creepy moments with with that. So that's so cool. I love that. That's great. Yeah, that's something I can't play that way. I get like back sweats when I try to be a, a jerk in games, but I can watch my friends do it. <laughs> Yo, it's fun. so much fun to be a jerk in video games. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. I always feel bad for some weird reason. Like, why do I feel bad? It's a game. But for some reason, yes, it makes me feel bad. I would go to jail if I was a psychotic in real life. That's <laughs> fair. But in a game? Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's my point. And, that's my point, yeah. And, you know, I... I don't really enjoy the game that much because it's not action-filled enough for me. But I will agree, this is probably one of the best games ever made, even if it's not for me. Yeah. It's amazing. So if you haven't played it yet, listen to Michael. Don't listen to me. Go out and buy it. Yeah, I, I would agree. All right, Nick, your turn. All right, so I'll, I'll stick with the gaming trend. Um, this past weekend, um, I picked up a game called Viewfinder. It came out about a month ago. I got it on the PS5. And this is like, if you like Portal, right, those kind of puzzle games, mm. you will really like this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, the basic gist is you either find or can use a Polaroid camera to take pictures of things. And then you take that picture and line it up with, uh, you know, where you're looking and sort of place it in the environment. And now that picture becomes reality. Oh, cool. So, like, if you if you took a picture of a bridge and there's, like, a gap between, you know, two platforms that you can't jump between, you line up the bridge between the two platforms and drop it there, and now you have a bridge to walk across. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, it's, it's like, it's a really cool perspective shifting, uh, just get your brain really melting a little bit like it's it's a lot of fun to play and it's and it's short too we beat it in like just under three hours cool so it's not going to take up you know weeks and weeks of your time i i see i will never play a game like boulders gate 3 because it just takes too freaking long i don't want to put yeah. that much time into a game like if i'm going to put that many hours into a game it needs to be like something like minecraft where i can just jump in do whatever and then I don't feel like I need to spend four hours in this game to accomplish something, right? Like, I want either a game that I can casually play or one like this where I can beat in a few hours and feel accomplished. Well, I was going to say that that's what, I mean, you would do that with Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, for whatever reason, Zelda breaks the mold for most of those games. I can't stand most open world sandbox yeah. games. I don't know why Zelda's different. I really couldn't tell you, but it is for some reason. <laughs> you know, when when. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3 opens up across that platform play. The four of us need to make a campaign together just to drive Michael insane. Nah. Because huh. you have Nick who's pragmatic and thinks about everything and decides what choice will be the best. And, you know, he would just say, and even though he doesn't like having to put that forth of 
that amount of effort. That's what he does. And you have Michael who wants to be good and cheerful and follow the laws and rules. And then you have Jerry and Shruti who just want to burn everything <laughs> to the freaking ground. It's true. It's accurate. All right. We have everyone listening today uh, tweeted us and tell us if you uh, want us to start a Twitch channel. Uh, Android Central plays Baldur's there, Gate. There you go. That would be so fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, what made me happy? Well, I finished two books last week, um, and they're both Dang. very, very good. They're very short. They're short books. I would say they're like novellas, so they're very, very short. They're very, very good. The first I finished was called Nothing But The Rain, uh, which really, honestly, like, you it, it's it's such an it's such a it's such a well-written book um but it's super eerie it's essentially about this um woman who lives in this place and they it always rains and when you touch the rain you lose your memory and so everyone in the town has to be really really careful and it's just a, it's a fascinating book and then the second book i read is called bonsai uh which is about a love story between two people it's just simple very very simple book but both very very good um and i would recommend them and um oh yeah this is the other thing that made me happy i, I showed it to nick the other day um but i got uh the i got another lego set and i got my first harry potter themed lego set um i got the order of the phoenix which is really really cool and i'm excited to build it and i really need to get until you have too much to drink one night and step on the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, with respect to gaming, though, I really need to get... I, I would like to play Baldur's Gate. I, I've heard that it would be really fun to play. And actually, I started a D&D um, thing with a couple of friends, so it's really cool. Anyways. Yeah. yeah Baldur's Gate would probably be more up my alley with friends. Yeah. With voice chat enabled, because when I play... I, I, I love tabletop D&D, but that's because I can sit and, and drink wine smoke a little herb and shoot the with my friends during all the boring parts yeah and i can't do that in a video game it's single player that's true um okay well wherever you're listening to us whether it's in the morning afternoon or night thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us we really really appreciate it and we'll talk to you guys really soon bye